Hello, hello. Uh, it's me again. Um, and I wanted to give you a little update on what's going on with um, the 174 stuff. Um, a numbers update because this wouldn't be, you know, an indie project without doing uh, numbers updates, right? Uh, everybody loves a numbers update. Um, but before I do that, um, I wanted to... I, I, the, 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 there's some lack of clarity about what this all means. So I want to start with that. The first thing is, is that these changes have already taken effect. So the changes to Section 174 that force you to spread out um, costs related to building new products or adding new features to existing products... Um, those have already taken effect for 2022. So this is not a hypothetical problem. This is one that is already in effect. Um, related to that is that this is not just about what you might consider R&D spending. So some people, um, that there, there is some confusion that this only impacts people who take R&D tax credits or whatnot. Um, that is actually a much narrower list of activities that fall under the R&D tax credit. Um, software development now f falls under what is called research and experimental, which is a much, much, much broader category. Um, and there's actually a great pie chart floating around that, that, that shows all of this. Um, but it is a, it is the entire category of software development and other activities related to that. So like market research is in that, for example. Um, and so it's not just about R&D, um, or companies that think they do R&D. Um, and the last one is, is that. This applies to way more than just salaries, too. So um, you will be hit by, very likely hit by 174 changes, even if you don't take a salary, even if you don't have employees, even if you don't have contractors, right? Like, for example, think about the time you spend, you know, say, let's say using your development server to work on a new feature, like you're going to have to split out that time by the time you're working on that server is used for a new feature versus the time you're spending doing bug fixes, which is still expensive, right? Like just the administrative headache of this is gonna be a nightmare. Um, but it's not just about salaries. It's about servers, it's about, I don't know, UI libraries, whatever you might buy um, in order to make a product or improve a product. Um, and, as I've kind of mentioned before, like there are some accountants who still aren't really aware of this um, because the IRS has not issued full guidance yet. They've never had to define software development, but this is the way most big companies are proceeding. Um, and um, and this is the, this is also what I'm being told from tax experts. Um, and related to that, and I and this one is kind of sort of the broad, a broader thing is that some people's accountants have told them to proceed as if these changes aren't taking effect because Congress is still expected to revert the change and make it retroactive. Now, um, while it is true that there is the chance of it, I think that kind of an attitude is really not helpful at the moment because it encourages the bystander effect, right? You're probably aware of, uh, of the phenomenon known as the, the bystander effect when, you know, let's say somebody has a medical emergency on, um, on a train car, for example, and people just stand there and don't do anything, right? And very often it's because they assume that somebody else will do something, right? I think they've done studies where you know, there's somebody like collapsed on a sidewalk and people just keep walking by. Um, and this is a, uh, I mean, a, a human group phenomenon, quite frankly. Um, and so I think there there is a bit of complacency sometimes that people think, well, you know, big companies, they have, you know, lobbyists and whatever, like they'll take care of this. And um, I, I need to say no. Because um, they have been working on this since 2019, um, and it hasn't happened. Um, and I think part of that is because big tech is, 
you know, the opposite of, of sympathetic on the Hill, right? Them speaking on issues actually kind of makes them worse. Um, especially if, you know, Google or whatever was about come say they don't pay enough taxes, right? Like that's, that's not going to fly. That's not going to help at all. Um, so, um, so you can't rely on other people to make this happen. And the one thing that cuts through the bystander effect is if there is someone who takes action and then points at specific people and tells them to do a specific task. So, for example, somebody crouches down and says, you, go call 911. You, go, you know, go do a store nearby, get some water, see if they have any Band-Aids, whatever it is, right? Giving people specific tasks. So this is what I am doing right now. I am telling you to go sign the coalition letter and to tell the founders you know to sign it personally. Reach out to them on Slack, DM them on Twitter, email them, however that is. Reach out to people personally. Tell them that this thing is an asteroid that is headed for the indie software community and anybody who builds software, really, um, and tell them to sign it. Um, Go sign it and go tell people to sign it. This is the equivalent of me telling you to go call 911, right? Do it. Um, and the thing about this letter, too, there's also a little bit of confusion um, that this is not just a, like, a regular petition. This is not like seeing something floating around online. It's like, oh, we should, you know save kittens and tell Congress to save kittens, right? Let's sign this petition. Um, those usually go nowhere. And quite frankly, in, in, in politics, very often they're just used for harvesting people's email addresses um, so that they can send you fundraising asks. Um, and that is not this effort. First of all, this letter is going to go directly to congressional offices. You can think of it as a formal version um, of, of a petition. Um but also nobody else is getting your info. Nobody else is getting your email because I know how that world works and I am not letting them get your info. Um, so, so sign the letter. It is very impactful and get your friends to sign it too. Um, I, I hate to be so, so sort of direct in that ask, but, um, this this is I feel like it's just this weird situation where there's this meteor that has come and hit our community and there are people who are aware of it and they've already had to start laying people off and taking out loans and are panicking and then there are people who are standing around who aren't aware that it's impacting them or their accountants are telling them to act like it isn't impacting them and um so, so even if you aren't sure how this is going to impact you, please sign the letter as a member of the community in solidarity with the community because the more people sign this, the more impact we can have. Um, we have strength in numbers. Um, I found myself thinking a lot about the, um, I think it was the, the old join or die um, uh, image from uh, you know, the Revolutionary War. Um, we, we have to work together on this. We're not the most organized bunch. I mean, this is why small businesses generally don't exert a lot of organized, you know, political influences because we're, you know, we're spread out all over the place. Right. Um, but we have to do this. And, and I guess for me, you know, it's, it's not only about my own business because we are hit even worse by this since we live abroad and so it's 15 years of amortization rather than five um you know i think something that drove me to to have this podcast in the first place was this really strong belief that people's lives are better when they run their own companies in so many cases and showing them that it's possible to do that and that they are capable of it and that this is a way of life that's possible for them. Um, 
that that mom and pop software you know is is a, a great way to make a living um and and and, and that's threatened right now I, directly um and i think that's why i'm pushing this so hard also you know having the weird position of previously worked in dc but like our way of life our way of doing business is 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 not just like threatened right now because this is not hypothetical it's like under attack and we have to unite and fight this and so okay all right i said you i was going to do a numbers out late now i'm just soapboxing so um right sign it so um So a numbers update, little numbers update. And then I was going to do a little legislative update too. So um, so we crossed 200 uh, signatures. I've totally buried the lead again. Here I am, 11 minutes in. Okay. We passed 200 signatures on the letter. Um, as I stand here recording this right now, we have 209 signatures. Um, and there's also a couple dozen people who previously signed up before the letter was up, um, but that have not then re-signed the letter because, you know, I want to make sure that like, before I send somebody's company name to Congress, they definitely want it there, right? So I just have to reconfirm with people who signed up before the letter um, was up. Um, and um, so that's great. 209 signatures, which is awesome. Um, well on our way um, to to getting 250. Um, and um, we also now have 40 states plus DC in here. So we're 80% of the way there on states, which is amazing. Um, in addition to um, trying to get a thousand signatures, um, also trying to get all 50 states so that every member um, of Congress knows that um, people in their states are impacted by this. Um, and on the legislative side, um, there are currently 22 co-sponsors um, of the Senate bill. Um, so that is up from the 14 original, which is great. Um, for context, con context, um, last session's bill had 36 uh, co-sponsors in the Senate. So there are definitely more people who are going to be signing this. Um, it just it just takes some time. Um, and there's no reason to think that this issue has gotten any uh, less supported. Um, so... There, you know, also, you know, there, there was a Senate bill last Senate, so we can, sorry, a, a House bill, so we can also expect that there will be a House bill um, at some point, and that one also um, had over 100 co-sponsors, and, like, both of these, like, like, all of these bills are broadly bipartisan, which I think is important to note that this is, this is not a, a political issue, right? This is, um, there isn't anyone who thinks this is a good idea or that should be on the books. Um, so, so I think if we work together and show Congress that this is an urgent issue impacting small businesses, that there are people getting hit with their 2022 taxes being much higher than expected, plus having to make their first quarter, uh, 2023 estimated payments at the same time. Um, that if that even if, you know, Congress, um, reverts this in December, um, small businesses can't afford to float the IRS, you know, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars in, in tax payments um, uh, for the next nine months, right? Like people are going to go out of business. And I mean, when people are signing this, I and giving me information on on how it's impacting them. My heart is just breaking every single time. You know, so many people saying, like, they, they, they got through COVID, they thought things were getting better, and then now they have to take out a loan to pay off their taxes. Or they're, they're you know, trying to do everything they can to, to lay people off. Or they just started their business last year, they're not even making money yet, and now they realize they owe money on a product that didn't even make any revenue. Um, because this impacts you regardless of if you have employees, regardless of if you're making money, um, you could be losing money every year and still now have a tax bill. Um, so is that the numbers update? I think that's the numbers update. We've crossed 200. Um, so I'm also going to add on here an episode I recorded last week um, 
with Landon and Kyle from um, Made with Grits. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's that's all for uh, this week. Um, thank you for supporting this, for putting up with me tweeting about politics so much. I promise, after all this is over, you won't see another political tweet from me again. Um, but we got to get this done first, so let's do it. We don't have that kind of access. And so this is a very real problem, which is why I am organizing people to send a coalition letter to Congress so that they understand that this is having an effect on small software businesses now and that we urgently need to do something about this. This can't just keep getting pushed down the line and bundled in with other things. It's not a big business issue. It is a small business issue that is impacting small businesses across the country. Um who people now like i mean i've talked to people who are saying they're they're using their personal credit cards to pay their taxes they're using like lines of credit they're like laying people off they're freezing hiring like like it's bad and the thing is is that we have to fight this because everybody loves small businesses like just everybody loves us right and we are getting run over by a truck by this and so if there's any hope of getting this through Congress, we have to speak up on this. One characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success. It was grit. All right. Cool. We're all on. Uh, hey, Michelle. Uh, I, was just, uh, I was just telling Kyle right before this that uh, I, so I'm a very one-track-minded person. So like whenever I get into something, I like really get into it. What, and that could be good and bad, right? Um, so like a week ago, this is all I could think about. And so I was like, I was every single day, like pretty much the whole day, it was, uh, it was very distracting because it was all I could think about, it was all I could talk about, it was all I could read about. Um, and over the past like week or so, I've completely shut that out of my mind, trying to just act as if like nothing's happening because I have to, to like, just focus on, you know, our business. Um, so this is all coming. We're all, I'm coming back to this now and I'm like reading through your entire thread so that I bring myself back into that mindset that I was in. But, um, but yeah, we just wanted to just record like a, 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 a kind of a, a little bit different episode than we normally do. You know, normally we're talking about like a range of topics, um, especially if we bring on a guest. But in this particular scenario, uh, we wanted to talk about something that I think either you haven't heard about yet as an entrepreneur, or uh, maybe you have heard about it, but just kind of going into how bad Section 174 is for, you know, for entrepreneurs, whether you're in a, t a tech business or, you know, I guess when I read that Wall, uh, Wall Street Journal article, like I kind of I didn't even realize that it would affect a lot of other types of small businesses as well, uh, like life science companies and things like that. But it's it's pretty devastating for tech businesses. So most of the people that listen to this podcast. Um, so we we figured we'd bring on the expert and, uh, you know, just let you kind of talk a little bit about you know, just to start for the folks that don't know what, what section 174 is, just kind of go into what that is and, you know, sort of why this is, is so devastating for, for companies if it, if it's not repealed soon. Yeah. Um, and first I should say, uh, my obligatory disclaimer is that I am not a tax accountant. Um, so for <laughs> advice about your specific situation, consults um a, a tax accountant and um, hopefully they know about this well because, we'll get into yeah, that yeah. but yeah we, yeah yeah so that that's very <laughs> possible that they they may not have heard about it so section 174 is the part of the u.s tax code that deals with what are called research and experimental uh, costs and in this section of the tax code, it specifically says that any amount paid or incurred in connection with the development of any software shall be treated as a research or experimental expenditure. So even if you don't think of it as R&D, like, you know, like I think people think about R&D and they think about like pharmaceuticals, for example, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
even if you don't think of building a new product with existing code and frameworks and tools as R&D, or you don't think of adding a new feature as R&D, the tax code likely does. Um, and so why we're talking about this is that for basically forever, um, at least this past 60, 70 years, which is forever in software businesses, um, companies have the choice between taking those as expenses right away, which is probably what the vast majority of us do, right? You have a developer who makes $100,000 salary. It's just all an expense. You spend $1,000 on servers to build a new product. It's all an expense. It could be an expense or it could be amortized, which is a accountant speak for saying spreading it out over several years. Amortizing and capitalizing things like you might you might be more familiar with that with like a laptop, for example, right? Because you buy mm -hmm. a laptop, you use it for five years. So you only get to take out, you know, say 20% of that per year as an expense. So until 2022, companies had the choice, either expensing or um, amortizing. And so nobody like in our world really ever thought much about this. Um, but then what happened was in 2017, when Congress passed the tax changes, one of the ways they paid for those changes was to say that starting in 2022, all research and experimental expenditures, which, which includes all software development, um, must be amortized. And this was basically a sort of legislative slate of hand to pay for those tax cuts. But nobody in Congress thought it was a good idea to do this. Nobody thought it was good tax policy. And uh, they intended to repeal it from the beginning. Um, so they would basically just, you know, keep sort of reverting it um, and pushing that problem out into the future. Um, the problem is um, that they didn't revert it as they had planned on even though this has broad bipartisan support. And so big companies think, you know, your Microsoft, Intel's of the world, they have been writing letters to Congress since 2019 and engaging with Congress on this since 2019 about, hey, like, remember how you passed this really bad tax change and then you said you were going to fix it before it took effect? Let's just make sure that's still on your list, right? They have been doing that since 2019. So fast forward to 20, end of 2022. Although tech companies change, aren't the... The most popular uh, across Congress right now. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. Which is probably why well, this is didn't part get... of why we have to get involved. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So fast forward to 2022. This is seen as a big business issue. Um, in Congress, there's still broad bipartisan support. Like, I mean, seriously, like evenly bipartisan support in the House and Senate. And like, I think there's over 100 co-sponsors in the House. Like, I mean, when do you get this kind of broad bipartisan support for anything these days um, to revert this and fix it? Uh, and it fell apart at the last minute because it got tangled in with other issues. It was seen as a big business thing. So then it had to be played off of other things that aren't big business things. And, you know, and then uh, didn't get done. So Congress recesses for Christmas and then it comes back to the new session of Congress. And it's been introduced again. But the problem now is that it has taken effect for tax year 2022. And so... Now, we small business owners are starting to get our taxes done or have already had our taxes done and have had our accountants tell us your taxes, like in your case, Landon, have gone up over 400%. And the thing about this is that since Congress was widely expected to revert this before it took effect, the IRS still has not issued full guidance on it. They have not defined what software development is. They have, but the conservative approach that big companies with very well-paid experts are taking uh, and have been warning about is that all software development is now falling under this RE, which is which includes your developer salaries for the time they spend building new products or building new features of existing products it doesn't seem like bug fixes fall under this which is kind of good news, but on the other hand, who is time tracking the time they spend fixing bugs versus building a new feature? And if you're improving a page with a confusing UI, is that a bug fix or is it a new feature? Like, like, like the IRS has never had to define software development to that level, uh, and they and they won't be able do to do this work yet <laughs> they because yeah. it was expected to be reverted. They did issue a letter at the beginning of this year 
to accountants. It was like, hey, by the way, remember that this is happening, but we are still waiting on full guidance. And so there's a lot of people who don't even know that this is happening because their accountants aren't aware or they haven't told them about it yet, which means that if this doesn't get reverted, like if you haven't heard from your accountant yet, it's likely that you will hear from them in six months when these rules are out. And then it turns out you may have filed wrong for 2022 and now additional taxes plus penalties. So and it could be huge penalties, too, because it's like what you just heard. You didn't hear that wrong. Four hundred percent increase. That's our like. (laughs) I mean, that's insane. So if you're off by that much, like just imagine what that penalty could look like, depending on the size of the business. I mean, it could be pretty, pretty big. I mean, it's massive, right? And 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 one thing you know with Congress is, so nobody agrees this is a good idea, right? They all, you know, like by and large, there's there's agreement that this should be fixed. The problem is, is that you know, like tax bills are never voted on their own in Congress, right? It always has to be part of something else, and it's kind of getting kicked down the the road. And they're like, well, you know, maybe there's we could do this in September, or maybe we just push it to December again, because they're like, well, you know, a big company. They can shoulder an extra 10, 20 million in taxes. And then we'll just when we revert it, we'll refund them. They can handle that. A small company that does not have access to capital markets that can barely get a bank to give the owners a mortgage, never mind like a line of credit or small business loans. Right. Because they don't understand software. We don't have a physical building that they can seize if we don't pay them. Right. They just I I don't I'm preaching to the choir on this one. Um, But like. We don't have that kind of access. And so this is a very real problem, which is why I am organizing people to send a coalition letter to Congress so that they understand that this is having an effect on small software businesses now and that we urgently need to do something about this. This can't just keep getting pushed down the line and bundled in with other things. It's not a big business issue. It is a small business issue that is impacting small businesses across the country. Um who people now like i mean i've talked to people who are saying they're they're using their personal credit cards to pay their taxes they're using like lines of credit they're like laying people off they're freezing hiring like like it's bad and the thing is is that we have to fight this because everybody loves small businesses like just everybody loves us right and we are getting run over by a truck by this and so if there's any hope of getting this through Congress, we have to speak up on this. We can't just assume that the big companies with, you know, their, you know, people that talk to Congress and whatnot are going to take care of this. Like they've tried. They've been working on this for four years and they haven't had made it happen. And so now, you know, it's, you know, it's it's, it's kind of an underdog story at this point, but I believe we can do it. Right. Um, because there well, are a lot of yeah, us I mean, and we are all over the country. That's what it does. It does like, I guess that's not, it, it resurfaces that, that dynamic where the the power of the voice is like proportional to the size of the biggest player in the crowd. Like we, there's so many small businesses and every politician, whether they believe it or not, is going to go say they support small business. But right. the fact is there's not like a voice. We don't have like a unified, I mean, which is obviously what you're trying to do here, but right. We are a pretty um, disorganized bunch. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like, <laughs> everyone like the first is challenge to each is other, like you know? find everybody. Yeah. And then like, and so we set this goal of a thousand signatures on this because individually we are not very strong individually. I mean, none of us have any representation in DC. None of us are part of trade associations. Like we, like we don't, play the dc game right i mean companies don't usually start hiring their first like dc people until they're at at, like tens of millions if not more in revenue annual revenue right like um and like i I, like so i the reason why i'm the one doing all this is because i used to work in dc um and like i remember it was like everyone was like oh my god facebook got their first public policy person like wow that isn't like snapchat has a public policy. like it was like kind of like like a big deal. Um, and, and, you know, so I, I started out in that world and, and still have, um, a lot of friends there. Um, and so that's why I'm in this sort of weird position of the person who was organizing this. Um, but we have to do it like for like, and it sounds so dramatic, but like, it's like an existential threat to anyone who builds and sells software, but especially small businesses. And in an unforced error, like that's what it to me. It's, yeah, 
Yeah, they didn't even want to so do it in the first place. Yeah, like, it's, it's, and it's, it's just so like, why? Like, we have yeah. to, like, this is like, why are you putting small businesses through all of this pain and potential bankruptcy because you didn't get your stuff together in time? Like, it's almost like we kind of got to show up there with like a wooden spoon. We're like, come on, guys, let's do it. And that's what, so like, the fact that it was sort of like everyone, including the accounting community, expected it to be gone so no one really talked about it which i understand yeah the irs didn't Just, even i mean not like, no one talked about the, it but like, in our world yeah i didn't even know about yeah. it till so yeah so we're maybe like three hey, months ago yeah like you just incurred a giant bill like is what is how we're finding out right it's like we didn't mention this because we thought it'd be gone but now that it's not we have to let you know that your tax you actually owe us a bunch of money that's kind of and also i'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that there is no guidance like this sort of uh the lack of dialogue between like the IRS as like a governing body and then like uh, Congress, the I find that inter- it's not entertaining in a good way sometimes. But they're like, we're not going to change. We can't get this thing passed. So you guys have to do it. But like the people who are in charge of telling you how haven't told you how yet. So I think it's because everybody it in D.C. expected this to be reverted. Nobody expected yeah. it to take effect. And. You know, I don't know how those, you know, the, those wires usually work in D.C. when it comes to implementing regulations, but usually they're pretty on the ball about it. Um, this is an extraordinary situation. Um, and it also I've heard from some people who said, oh, well, you know, Congress didn't revert it last year, uh, but they probably will this year. So just don't worry about it. That's what which. Been, yeah. That is not the right approach to take. We have to worry about this. We have to get involved because we actually have a little bit of an advantage here that small businesses are very lovable. As you said, no politician is going to come out and say that they don't like small businesses. The problem is, is that, you know, they didn't really know that small software businesses existed, which, you know, (laughs) can kind of forgive them because, you know, the rest of the tech community kind of looks down on us at points, right? Like, you know, we're not cool. We're not venture funded, right? We're not in California, Um, The Lord knows, I mean, those companies are also suffering right now because of SVB and everything going on there, right? So, I mean, nobody's in a good spot at the moment. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have their own letter at some point as well. But for right now, it's us, the small software businesses. But as you mentioned, there are small manufacturers, small biotechs, like, like there are a lot of small businesses that are getting seriously hammered, potentially to the point of extinction because of this. And we have to do something about it. All right. I wanted to break away real quick just to talk about our sponsor for the week, Fetch. Uh, and it's fetchtruck.com. So this is a really cool product that that I've used, that my neighbor uses all the time. And it's, you know, the, that challenge you run into where you have something big that you just purchased or something really big that you have to move and you have no way to move it because it's impossible to pick up and carry somewhere or you don't have a truck or some sort of larger vehicle that you can you know, move that stuff. And so, uh, so Fetch makes it really easy for you to just go, uh, go to their site or go to their app and uh, find, uh, you basically just find a, a truck or van on demand. And they have all different types of trucks that, that you can, uh, you know, different vehicle sizes that, you know, depending on what you're moving, it just makes it really easy to be able to access that uh, it, when you need it. But the, the real thing that I wanted to focus on that's really interesting to me as an entrepreneur is their, uh, their partnership program. So if you have, you know, a truck or some sort of van that you already own, or you're thinking about, you know, maybe you're going to buy one, they have this really cool program where um, you can basically rent out your truck, rent out your van. Um, and you don't have to do any work. You basically just sit there. They do all the the marketing. Um, they put the insurance on the cars. Um, and, uh, and obviously they have the marketplace for folks to find you. So they basically do all the work and you just sit there and rake in cash. So while you hear all these podcasts out there uh, and all these different um, creators and, and entrepreneurs talking about, you know, buying a house and renting out, you know, uh, for Airbnb and things like that, and that's how they make passive income, you know, that's great. And those are cool ways to make income. But um, sometimes they're not super practical, especially if, you know, maybe you don't have the money to kind of 
put a down payment on on a home. Um, and, and Fetch really makes it kind of your barrier to entry is a little bit lower, which I, I think is really cool. And, you know, I love that they do all the work for you, essentially. Um, so this is just a great way to kind of, um, you know, get a business off the ground. And, uh, you know, maybe it's not maybe it's not something you focus on full time, maybe it's just a part time thing. But, um, you know, being able to make up to $30,000 per year renting out your truck or your van is is pretty insane. And so they have a they have a ton of great resources on how you can do this, uh, a full kind of partner program guide as well. Uh, if you go to fetchtruck.com uh, and they have a little link at the top uh, that says list your truck, that's where you can find it. Um, and, uh, you know, if you have any other questions about this, uh, they are super helpful. So you can reach out to them on, the, on their site. And again, that's fetchtruck.com. Uh, and it's list your truck. So um, definitely check them out. And at a very minimum, uh, the next time you have to move something large or you have to pick something up, uh, definitely go to the site and and uh, give it a try. All right, back to the show. Well, yeah, you have like the the sort of impending crisis, which is what's happening this year with your tax, with all of our taxes, which could, like you said, put people out of business. It could, um, it could mean that you have to go like, try to like get loans to pay off your tax bills could mean layoffs. It could mean all these different things, but then there's also like the, like if this just sticks and we have this for the next, you know, couple years, three years, four, like whatever, then people aren't going to start companies here in America. Like it's just not, I say here, I know you're not even, <laughs> you're not, uh, I have a US you're in company, Copenhagen. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're, ba- you're based here, but yeah, we, um, yeah. So, I mean, like it's, it's pat, like something that has never crossed my mind is like, you know, incorporating somewhere else, but like that has crossed my mind at this point. Like, obviously that's not the initial thing you're going to do, but if this sticks, if this stays for the foreseeable future, you have to start thinking about those things because it is so devastating for a small business like ours, who, like you said, doesn't have just like this massive, you know, amount of cash in the bank, uh, and funding. So yeah, it's, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of really bad things to happen this year. And then there's going to continue to be bad things. And do you want to have, like, you don't want to have tech businesses being started in the United States. You don't want to have, uh, companies, uh, trying to innovate in medicine and these different things in the United States. Like, of course you do. Like, we need to get this done. Why is this not happening? But I, the thing I worry about is, you know, I, they, you know, they, the saying is time kills all deals. Well, people keep, you know, our accountant and other, you know, firms and stuff, they keep saying like, it's probably going to get, you know, it's probably going to get repealed like before the extension deadline and all these things. And I look at that, like, I look at all the problems we have going on right now and things that are like on the table being discussed in Washington that aren't this, that are really important things. And like, I just look at those as like potential things that could just, you know, are more important are going to get more exposure. And this is just going to continue to get kicked down the, um, down the curb. And it's just not going to like, it just, to me, it feels like it's not going to happen. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can. And obviously that's why we're having this podcast and while you're doing, why you're doing everything you're doing. And, um, but it's definitely, it's definitely scary for sure. I'm worried. I, about I, it. I, I think <laughs> if you get a, a, a tax bill, that's 400 times higher than you expected. I think it is very natural to feel defeated. Right. I yeah. mean, and we have to fight it. And I am working the connections I've got in DC. People are very receptive to having us as part of the conversation these letters work. I mean, the the small biotechs who sent a letter like that was mentioned by a senator in a hearing last week. Like hmm. these make a difference. Like I just checked this morning that the number of co-sponsors on the bill, it started out the Senate bill it started out at 14. Last week I checked it was 18. I just checked an hour ago and now it's 21. So wow. like there's there's things are happening like, you know, there's a Senate bill that usually means there's going to be a House bill as well. There was a House bill last year with over 100 co-sponsors like I think we can fight this. I don't think it's going to, 
I don't think it'll get reverted if it stays the course as it is right now with the large tech companies being the only ones in the conversation. We need to insert ourselves and basically try to be, you know, try to get in there and 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 unjam this. Um, so which and I guess uh, those try to I make, make it clear that this is like an urgent crisis for small businesses. Totally. Yeah. What, so what I mean, you, you have more, much more like familiarity with the goings on of like the attempts at getting rid of this thing. Um, what what do you expect? Like if you could guess right now, like what shape is it going to be like, hey, this thing that was a thing like it wasn't a thing. Now it's a thing. Now it's gone. Or like what shape do you think that'll actually take? So um, there, there's guess. been a, a little bit written about this. Um, and basically what happens is that tax never gets voted on on its own. It's always in another larger bill. And as of right now, as of things look right now, um, the first opportunities will be in September, um, either in the farm bill or potentially the FAA reauthorization bill or the um, uh, the continuing resolution to fund the government um, in September. If it doesn't happen then, it could also happen in September, sorry, in December at the end of the year again. Um, now that assumes things stay as they are, right? So it's possible, like, like, I mean, you know, the economy isn't doing great right now. Uh, we're sort of got a banking crisis going on. Um, we could end up in a recession and there might need to be a stimulus bill sooner. So like, it's hard to say what's going to happen here. Um, but this is what people like kind of have been writing about is like sort of what the calendar looks like for the year. There's also this whole debt ceiling thing, right? There's a lot of other issues going on. And I think for this effort, it's important for us to just communicate that this is having an urgent impact. And we can't begin to get involved in the machinations of Congress and how they put deals together and how things get fit in where, right? And it's kind of just, it's like sort of, it's not productive for us to try to do so. Um, Because... Uh, if we just make it clear that this is an urgent problem that needs an urgent solution and we get a lot of people on board with it, then they can figure something out. Um, that's what the priority is right now. And so that's why I'm trying to get a, a thousand signers on this letter. The biotech, the small biotechs had 500. And so I don't know, I'm a little bit competitive. I'm like, we can do a thousand, right? <laughs> like, and then they've got 1500 small businesses who have said something about this, right? And the thing about this is that this is not just something that impacts companies that have employees. This is not just something that impacts people who are working full time. Like if you have a side project making $10,000 a year, this is going to impact you as well. Um, This impacts everybody who builds and sells software. Well, that's the thing, too. Every time this gets brought up, I feel like and you've been in a lot of these conversations, too, and like different Slack groups and things, you know, even on, on Twitter and um, when you, when we bring this up, people start asking questions or they start saying like, well, this doesn't really like, like I, you know, this doesn't impact me. I, we don't do a lot of like R and D even, you know, we're a software company, but we don't do a lot of R and D and it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Not according this, to the tax code. Not according to this code. Yeah. yeah like you do R and D or R and E, I guess. Um, yeah. so I think, yeah, like the first I feel like the first part of this is just getting the knowledge, like getting this information out to people so that they understand what they're up against. Because I think, again, like I just think a lot of people either don't know about it or they don't understand it. Um, And to be fair, like no one really understands it because, again, they haven't given like proper guidance. But from what we have, like people just understanding that and what they're up against. And then, you know, I guess from there, like obviously we're talking about getting this letter out to them with signatures what else can people do to try to make their voice heard? So let me let me give you a little bit of the the kind of approach here that we're taking. the The first goal is to get this letter out. The deadline for signatures is April tenth, so that we can get it to Congress before Tax Day, which is great in terms of impact. It's also great in terms of media coverage. Um, so we're going to get this letter to them before Tax Day. After that. Um, we see kind of what 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 the reaction is, um, and it will probably start make sense for people to start talking with their 
um, representatives and senators and their staff directly. People who are like who um, have already, you know, sort of joined in on this effort, like they have already been connected with Hill staff in particular offices about this. Their stories are already getting transmitted on the Hill. Like when you go to SSBAlliance.org, there's a thing that says, how is this impacting you? You know, are you laying people off? Are you taking outlines? Like, like, how is it? Like those snippets that people are are putting there, those are being anonymously sent to people who are talking on the Hill about this and getting there. So they are already hearing people are laying people off. People are taking out loans. But then they will get to a point when people may also need to speak directly to um, congressional staff. Um, so we will get to that point. Um, it's again, the focus right now is to make it clear that this is an urgent problem and hope that Congress finds the soonest opportunity to fix this before they have a wave of bankruptcies of small software businesses and layoffs at much larger tech businesses, right? Like this isn't something we're talking about as part of this, but if you think about a developer salary, no longer being an expense and tech companies are already starting to lay people off that that that's only going to get worse if developers all of a sudden all of a sudden become way more expensive um than their other employees um this is what we can do about it this is what we have control over and so if you are concerned about it if you are already getting that tax bill if you haven't gotten the tax bill yet now you're worried about it if you just own a software business in the U.S. and you're a U.S. citizen, sign the letter and then tell everybody you know who has a small software business to sign the letter as well. And then we will take it from there. Should we do some like, I'm just, as as you're, uh, you're like pumping me up, I'm like ready to go, uh, like quit we need to put selling, some, like, selling for my own business and sell like, <laughs> yeah, like should we, my first thought was like, oh, should we like run some ads or something on this to like, <laughs> like, is there some audience we could run ads against? And then also like, are there certain like t- kind of target individuals that may have like a little bit larger audience or voice that we could be trying to get in front of and get them talking about it? Like, I'm just trying to think of some different things we could do to sort of amplify this because, you know, I only have so many people that pay attention to what I do. Uh, or what I say um, on Twitter or whatever. So, like, are there different? I don't know. And maybe this is something we talk talk through offline uh, as sort of like a outbound strategy here. But um, yeah, like, how do we get how do we get this amplified? Because I feel like even with all the stuff that we've done, you know, the tweets we put out, like all these different things, I feel like there's still not that much uh, chatter about it. Um, so. First, you're literally having me on your podcast right now. So yep. that is helping to spread the word That's in a huge thing. way. Yeah. Right. Not only in terms of the people who are listening right now, but then they go and share it somewhere. Also, it's going to go on the website for SSBAlliance.org, which is, again, more when people hear like, what the heck is this thing? And like, what is this website? Right. Like all of the media coverage of this is going on that page so people could see, I mean, social proof. Right. Oh, wait, this actually is a real thing that I should be worried about. And here's Made with Grit and Build Your SaaS and Startups rest of us and the wall street journal talking about this um there are a lot of i mean i mean people have been just kind of throwing their connections at me and that has been amazing and so people writing linkedin posts and 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 twitter and sending out in their you know private slack communities and whatnot like all of that um is helping but quite frankly the reason why you haven't seen too much of a push is because it wasn't until right now that I had a very clear and specific ask of people that would have a direct impact on Congress. We have this letter. We need to get this letter out. I've also spent a lot of the last two weeks just talking to experts, trying to figure out, like, what does this really mean? What is the situation in D.C.? Like, like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Right. Like, so I've been intentionally kind of quiet, like that tweet thread that you mentioned, like, that was being reviewed by professionals so to make sure that everything was accurate. And so and that took a week. So there's been a lot going on behind the scenes, but it's not until now that there was really something very clear for people to do and share. And so now is when we hit the gas. The gas has intentionally not been hit until now. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of the one other kind of like, I guess, contingency planning. Um, so like, Obviously, goal number one and focus number one is like, let's make this thing. Let's change what's happening and save ourselves and our fellow business owners. Um, 
assuming that takes a while, like in the best case scenario, that's going to take some time. Um, and in the worst case scenario, that time horizon gets really, really long. What, how are you thinking about contingency planning, like for your own business, or is that something you're just kind of like ignoring for now? How are, how are you engaging with that part? My accountants are also in the camp of this is a giant hairball that we need to figure out. Like, so I don't even know personally what the impact is. Um, I just know that it's going to be bad. Um, and I know enough about this to know that it's going to be bad. Um, so for me personally, I am pouring all of that nervous energy into this project and doing my darndest to make sure that it doesn't happen. Um, because for me in times of, uh, uncertainty, I, uh, I, I throw myself into action. So, um, and it makes me feel better to help other people. So, and I'm, I'm um, hopeful that like that sort of, so a, that's, a that's the plan the board. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is make it not a problem. That's the, that's, that's the, that's the plan and we're sticking to it. I like that plan. So. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Once you get over how horrible it is and you just sort of like, just think about it constantly for like, you know, like three days, you're just like, oh, like just basking in it. Then it's sort of like, okay, well. That's not, this isn't going to help, right? Like we, what can we do to try to prevent this or do something to change it? And at the end of the day, we can all, all we can do is do our best. And if nothing happens, nothing happens, but, um, you know, at least we, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I I don't either. No, I like small businesses. We are the cute kittens of the policy world and we're getting run over. Right. So we need to make it clear that this is happening. Right. Like, you know, from Congress's perspective, we've only come out of the woodwork in the last two weeks. Other companies have been talking about them about this for four years. So yeah. we are very new on the scene, um, but we can make an impact. And the more people sign the letter, the more small business owners sign the letter, the better we are, the more of an impact we're going to have. Um, we just, I yeah, don't know, I, I, it's an existential threat. Like we just, we just have to, we have to throw whatever we got at it. I'm thankful for you in our, in our community. We have, uh, you're uniquely qualified to sort of like bridge this. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you never thought that you would, (laughs) those two worlds would collide in such a dramatic way, but, uh, we're, we're grateful that you're here. It is. It like, I had this moment yesterday when I was writing the letter, um, that was like, holy, like I'm writing a letter to Congress right now. Like they're going (laughs) to read this. And then this, the next moment was, oh, my God, and I can hear my public policy analysis professor from college telling me this isn't concise enough and it's way too long. And he would give me a C on this. <laughs> God, what did I learn in that class? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, pull, like, take me back there. Right. I mean, because I, you know, I worked in D.C. for a couple of years and then, you know, I always I sort of joke that I fled to the relative moral high ground of finance and then um, and then, you know, kind of settled into a nice life as a small software business owner and sort of left all that behind. Um, and now it's coming full circle. Um, so yeah, so I just, it's, yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, but we got to do it and I, I don't know, we got to fight it, right? We we can't just take it. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I have happen. not, I have, I don't think I've ever actually called my, uh, my representatives before. Um, just cause I've, I don't know. I just felt like not, you know, wouldn't matter or like it, there's so many, there's such a range of issues, right? This one just, it just impacts you so directly that you're like, okay, well, whatever, whatever I have to do. Right. Um, and I've already, I called them and you know, you get aides that answer the phone or whatever. You're not going to get the actual person. And they just seem to have no clue, like no clue about this. Maybe nobody, maybe they haven't talked to anybody else that has mentioned this. Like they're just like totally clueless. So hopefully uh, if we all start calling them, right, like they'll start to get a clue. Um, they'll start to see a pattern and, and trend, I guess. When, when you call Congress, by the way, like they are required to keep tabs on every issue that people call about. That Do they record call. it? Like they don't record the phone call, but they literally have like Google spreadsheets of like we had mm. so-and-so people call in about this issue. And, and like – 
you know, so we had 10 people calling about this, like this issue related to this bill and like whatnot. The thing is, is before there's a like I didn't start saying anything about this until there was a Senate bill, because if you call in at that point, there's really like there it doesn't really fit in the system to say like, oh, we had Landon and he yeah. called in on S-866. Great. Like that's the bill. You can't number. like upvote the right bill. Yeah, exactly. there's nothing to upvote. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. So what we're going to do with this letter is we're going to send the letter, but then we're going to have everybody, as many signers as possible, send it to their members um, with, you know, that sort of anecdote about how it's impacting them personally, which is, again, going to count as another contact. Right. So whenever you call, whenever you fill the contact form, it may feel like it's disappearing into a black hole. um, But those actually like they, they do keep tabs on every unique correspondence. So if you take this letter and then send it to your congressperson with some, you know, with something that makes it unique, right, compared to another letter, um, you add in a couple of sentences on your own experience, right? That counts as a unique contact. And especially when we get to the point of this being close to being voted on, um, that's going to be really, really key. Um, but the staff, I mean, the staff are important. Um, they're a very, very important part of it. It's just a matter of getting to the right staff member. And so that will be something down the line that, you, you know, just d- depending on how how things shake out in Congress and whatnot, like people people have already heard from me that's like, hey, like there's this tax staffer that you should talk to and here's their email. Like, so nice. um, that is part of this as it's sort of strategically relevant. Um but I mean, things are moving, right? There's, there's, there's more co-sponsors. Um, I think that's the thing that that um, people are very receptive to us being part of this, um, and we have, you know, an ability to make a direct impact in a way that groups of people who are not normally represented in D.C. don't normally get to. Um, so we got to make the most of it and get a thousand signatures on that letter. Absolutely. Well, are we close? So, yes. If you have not How signed it, get this please thing go do that. <laughs> yeah. If you're yes. listening okay. to this, okay. So, if you it. are a U.S. small business software, if you are a U.S. citizen small software business owner in the U.S., go to ssballiance.org to sign the letter and sign up to stay updated. And by signing up to stay updated means I will send you an email whenever there is something that you should do or you should know about this. Nobody else is getting your email. Nobody else is seeing your information except for the information I tell you is going on the letter, which is your company name and the city and state of your, of, of your company. Um, SSBalliance.org. Sign up. Share it. Tell people personally. Reach out to your founder friends personally and ask them to sign it. Perfect. And we'll, Let's we'll include it. all these links all the links to the tweet uh, tweet threads, <laughs> to um, uh, to the website that you can sign, uh, to everything in the show notes and on YouTube and all the different places. Um, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on. And also, just you know, again, thank you for doing all of this and like being kind of the the leader of this charge. Um, I think we're gonna get it done. We just gotta we just gotta keep pushing. So, um, so we'll do our part and, uh, hopefully everybody listening will as well. And, uh, and then we'll have a, maybe we could do a follow-up episode after this gets repealed. Yeah. Yes. Oh, a victory amazing. tour. A victory lap. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, all right, uh, thanks guys. All right. That's it. Cheers. Thanks, Michelle. thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from The Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, Mega Maker, 
Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Kanbini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.